You're listening to That's Pretty Dark. The podcast where we talk about all of the entertainment that scared us as children and still haunts us as adults. So grab your flashlight and join us as we take a frightfully nostalgic look over our shoulders and under our beds and in our closets. And together we'll realize, whoa, that's pretty dark. dark. (laughs) Oh yeah, I lost you. Yeah, you were gone for like... 10 seconds. Oh no. But you're back now. I'm here. You're back and it's fine. Um, And you're back with us on That's Pretty Dark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my name is Kaylin. And I'm Christian. Oh, uh. Pavlovian mm. noises. Goza. Those are good ones. This is a, a sponsored ad for Goza. <laughs> <laughs> really any kind of alcoholic brands, any kind of any coffee brands. We're down. It, mental health brands. Yeah. We want all the brands. <laughs> Anyway, I think we're I'm, getting way ahead of ourselves. I'm glad that you're here and you're keeping us on track. And also, I'm glad that you're yeah. the one telling the story. Again, this is your second time in a row. I am. I am telling a story today. Uh, season one, episode two of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Which is a pretty popular episode, actually. It's the tale of laughing in the dark. Mm. And I got super excited when I sat down to watch this. So I've been watching the episodes on Paramount Plus, which is basically, it used to be CBS app. But anyway, mm. I was really excited because the air date was my actual birthday, it said. Ooh. August 21st, 1992, which is my birthday. Uh, and that, like, literally the day that I came Earthside became a human day that I was born, born. And I was really stoked about that. But then I thought about it a little bit. And I was like... Well, I was born on a Friday, I happen to know, and yeah. uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark was then on a blocker program, like we mentioned, called SNCC, which airs on Saturdays. Right. And I was like, I don't think that's correct. So after I looked it up on IMDb and Wikipedia and Are You Afraid of the Dark fandom.com, I learned that the original air date is not my birthday, but is in fact August 22nd, 1992. So it's the day after yeah. I was born. I was a day old, which, you know, I guess that's still cool. Not as cool. I will say, I I looked that up and I saw that too. And I was like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm going to let her have this. You were like, (laughs) she lied to me when she told me it was on her birthday. No, I didn't think you lied to me, but I definitely was like, I mean, she got some bad information. She talked to the wrong person in the wrong alleyway. Yeah. And it turned out that that was Paramount Plus. They're off on all of their air dates. So I won't be using those. Hey, well, screw you, Um, Paramount Plus. No, I mean, I'm glad they exist, but. All right. I guess they should provide (laughs) you some content. I wouldn't. Yeah. Just. Just let them be who they are, even if they're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So it aired originally the day after I was born. uh, And it was also directed, well, it was directed by Ron Oliver. And he directed episode one as well. And it was written by uh, the show's creator, DJ McHale, under the pen name Chloe Brown, like we discussed Chloe Brown. So they're teaming up again for episode two. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Do you think he, um, that's his like stage name for when he does drag? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, yeah, maybe it could be. I'd, I'd, I'd really like to know. I'd watch it. Yeah, me too. I I mean, would it be like spooky drag, like Halloween drag? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm good with it. I think it. he'd be like, you know, like- But a, this, maybe it was back then in the 90s. Maybe, you know, maybe he doesn't do it today. He may. Yeah, that's what he was doing up in Canada. Super taboo stuff. <laughs> Full skeleton regalia, like the face paint, like all the- Phoebe Bridgers? Yes. <laughs> yes. My favorite singer is obsessed with skeletons and all of her Hey, Phoebe, follow our show. Be our friend. Oh, geez. That'd be, yeah, that'd be another We level. think you're great. We don't think that we're going to get famous, by the way. We know that we're talking to each other and maybe, you know, our parents or something. But it's fun to dream, right, folks? Can we dream? Just you let don't us think dream. we're going to get famous. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a dream. It's I'm a hope. I'm banking on it. Putting all of my eggs in this basket. I was about to say, all the eggs. All Here of we them. go. I only have like three eggs. They're all going to miss <laughs> this basket. Well, between your three eggs and my two eggs, I guess that's not that many eggs. We in have the five eggs. <laughs> I can do math. I have a college degree. Well, would you like to hear a summary of the episode right now? I would love nothing more. So IMDB says, uh, in the tale of Laughing in the Dark, a kid named Josh decides to prove that a fun house isn't haunted by stealing the nose of the clown who is supposed to haunt the place. He learns that the story isn't fiction when Zebo pays him a little visit. A little visit or a big old visit? It says little. So, oh. I mean, I guess it's to your discretion. Oh. I summarize the episode to be... 
A tough guy named Josh strives to antagonize everyone around him, and when a dare is extended to teach him a lesson, he also tries to antagonize the creepy AF rumored ghost clown inside the local theme park's funhouse, which we know never goes well. He's a little punk. Oh, hey, I call him a punk ass like four times (laughs) in my notes, so don't worry. I'm aware of just how much of a punk ass this child is. In true uh, 90s children fashion, do you want to hear a breakdown of all the insults, all the sweet, sweet burns from this episode? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to cover them too, but they're in my notes, but I want to hear them all laid out in front of me. Again, I could easily miss these. I'm making notes and I'm watching the show and I cannot multitask to save my my poor life. So uh, anyway, here are the sweet burns that I have listed. Sarcastically, we have Miss Perfect, (laughs) Snitch, Twerp, Twerp. which is, it's used multiple times in in different ways. Actually, very, very creative ways. Twerpy sister, twerpy chicken, and also just twerp. Yeah, that's true. And there's also just chicken, complete with chicken sound effects, like yes. clucking, flapping of wings. It's great. I would like to track the number of times we hear clucking and chicken sound effects in this show. Okay. I think that we should, because it's a lot. Yeah, okay. This, I, I think, think this is, is number two now. overall, and we're in episode two. So you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of these. Well, it's used like three times in this episode, too. So- are we counting like mm, yeah, we should how count many individual times? occurrences. Oh, God. We'll have, we'll have yep. to go back. I'm going to review. Okay. I don't, I don't really need a reason we'll to go back to and, and watch the show again, but <laughs> uh, we have Mr. Brave Young Lad, mm. which I thought was pretty good. Still like kind of sarcastic, kind of in his face. A real foul ball. Yep. Which was my favorite one. That's the other sports baseball. reference. The baseball reference. Yep. Yeah. Uh, a feeb. Yeah. I have that note as well. Which mm-hmm. was new to me. Have you heard of that before? New to me as well. I had not heard it before, but I did look it up and it is short for a feeble-minded person. See, I found a foolish feeble. or stupid person. But mm. feeble well, it's being feeb- short for feeble-minded, feeble. that makes a lot of sense. Yes. You're smarter yes. than me. I get it. You're everybody's favorite, whatever. Um, so we have- <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I wasn't going to say it. Lame ball. I liked that one. Lame ball's good. Doofus. Classic. Gutless. Mm. Gutless. That's something about gutless really like, I don't know. There's something like very it. visceral about that. Yeah, good. But it was it was used so like passively. It was so it was just a throwaway line. It was like, "Hey, gutless <laughs> uh, dummy," which is you know classic. And last but not least, such a snot. That's a good Always one. I used good. to call my sister a snot. I'm sorry, Carrie, if did you're listening you? to this. I did because she was at the time, and she would probably. I want agreed. Carrie to tell us how that made her feel. She probably called me worse. <laughs> we should exchange it. We should have her on. We should. <laughs> Dig deeper into what this. What was I the worst thing? Figure out your sibling rivalry. She, I mean, she loves all of the, the 90s stuff, so I'm sure she wouldn't be uh, opposed. Sweet. Well, that's a breakdown of all the insults, all the sweet, Thanks for sweet that. Burns. Insult, sweet, sweet, sweet burn breakdown. Mm. Appreciate I have that. to find a new way to like describe that. <laughs> sick burns. So I, I have a little note here where I'm like, okay, yeah, of course, they come out of the gate with clowns, they being, you know, the creators were afraid of the dark. Um, and personally, yeah. I've never really been afraid of clowns. Clowns don't really do it for me. Same. Except for that summer, like 2016, when everybody was dressing up as clowns and hiding in like playgrounds and stuff. Yes. And they were acting like they're about to start the purge. Summer of fear. I didn't like that. Yeah, that was pretty spooky. I, was, I didn't like that at all. Um, but I, so then I started to think about that. And I was like, well, I've always wondered, and I've never looked up how and why that started. I think I heard at the time and just forgot, but that incident in 2016 was originally sparked by some British filmmakers in 2013. They created this Facebook page for what they called the Northampton Clown, and then they were using the sightings to drive traffic to their page. And then in 2016, there are photos posted of this clown that was roaming a vacant parking lot under a bridge in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Hmm. And then after that, they created a Facebook page claiming that that clown's name was Gags. And then it was confirmed that it was a marketing stunt when uh, the filmmaker in Wisconsin announced that the pictures were for a short film that they titled Gags. Yikes. And I mean, I am all for like weird marketing. I think that's cool, like good on you. But did it have to be like that? And like, did you have to like go near schools and playgrounds? And like, did you, I mean, and did you have to name him Gags? Like that yeah, part, right. that's, I don't, <laughs> that was a little much. We're living in delicate times, friends. Yeah, we didn't like, need it. Be creative, be original, but not at the expense of like the public mental the general, health. Yeah, we, like, I struggled. I didn't like it. Terrifying. It's a lot. It's too much. Yeah. It really is too much. So yeah, all that to say, clowns don't really scare me, but those clowns did scare me. So I thought I'd tell you about them. The only clown that really scares me is uh, Pogo the Clown. And that was John Wayne Gacy. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That one, That's the yeah, only that's clown that really gets too. me. Yeah. Other than that, clowns aren't, it's like the image of a clown isn't going to really spook me. Even Pennywise really doesn't 
frighten me, you know? No, 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 no. I mean, if we'd been around, you know, when that book was published, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it's wild. So anyway, uh, but yeah, yeah. we'll have more clown talk as we go, I'm sure. I'm sure we will, but I just wanted to point that out. I love that. That's good. And yeah, and so as we're getting into this, you know, I was kind of pumped for this episode because both Christian and I, like, share a love of fun houses and carnivals and very much into that sort of uh, aesthetic and idea. Um, and then I actually worked very briefly at an uh, event venue in town where, like, our fair came through. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm sure I don't have to tell anybody. That, I mean, I'm not speaking ill of anybody that I worked with. It was all great and no incidents occurred. But No rogue clowns or anything like that? Nothing that I saw. But, like, it's all bright and shiny on the outside and they want things to look all bright and shiny. But, like, there's always a sinister vibe to kind of the backside of those traveling attraction type things. And I feel like it's probably just really hard to get past, like, the, like, very exploitive roots of the carnival and circus and all that stuff. <laughs> they never would want like our the venue employees just the event venue employees to like walk the midway after dark they basically told us not to go out there and it was just kind of spooky and creepy because of all, and the, so all the, the carnies that are just like that it's was that their, too their territory and yeah but i mean most of them were very lovely people i don't mean to speak Ill. that makes me want to ask if anybody else has experiences working at fairs or carnivals yeah i would love to know tell us your like behind the scenes spookiness like what happens after hours yeah tell us your stories i've heard some of yours kaylin yes. and those stick in my mind with like a couple visuals that you've given me mm-hmm. but uh you don't want to speak ill, so I won't ask you to, to tell them. But <laughs> I want to hear them, so please uh, send in your story. Yeah, let us know. That, that stuff is very interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I do have a note um, that the story begins in the story world, you know, rather than around the campfire, the Midnight yeah. Society. And apparently it's only one of two episodes to do that and open inside a story rather than around the campfire. Yeah. And we've now covered both of those. Right, and now those two are behind us, which is crazy, but they were just kind of probably finding their footing, yeah. just like we are right now. So I... I understand that they didn't, you know, they didn't know exactly how they wanted to do it, uh, but I don't mind it. I kind of like when you you start off in the story, but in the episode we open, there's this, you know, the neon glow, the amusement park that's called Playland, and then the narrator is describing that it's the perfect place to laugh and scream or get scared to death. Yeah, and eat junk food. Yeah, just the best parents. night. Um, and then the audience gets to see like a glimpse into this like spook house, they call it, a fun house. And there are all these jump scares and monster dummies. You know, there's like Frankenstein and then there's like a Frankenstein's monster, I should say. Yeah. My dad would be just you so offended if I got like that, that wrong. Uh, <laughs> Frankenstein's creation. He's okay, not even a okay. monster. Okay, Frankenstein's right. creation. Otherwise known as Adam. Apologies, Adam. The, the I don't monster mean to offend. originally known as. Form- formally. Formally. God. You good? Yep. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> I haven't slept. Oh, and I have worked all day, so we're just a pair right wow. now. Wow, yeah, have you fun. guys are really in for a, a ride. <laughs> Enjoy. A spook house, if you will. We're, we're having fun, though. We're enjoying it. We hope, <laughs> we're having we hope fun. you are, too. So, yeah, all these, you know, ghouls and scares, and then there's this, yeah. like, hall of numbered doors um, at the end, and then behind one of the doors, number six, to be specific, is this clown, Zebo, and they reveal the clown in the intro, and then at the mention of this clown, we jump out to the Midnight Society campfire and we learn that Betty Ann is the one that's submitting this story. And then the society member, Kristen, she is out. She's not with it. She doesn't want to do this. She hates clowns. Um, hates clowns. So we we are now, you know, in the, the context of the Midnight Society and we're figuring out kind of some of their mm-hmm. plots and plans because they realize she's afraid of clowns and we're learning their dynamic and how they're interacting with each other. Yeah. Um, and then I did want to mention this. Like, I never really realized this as a kid, but apparently in the first season of Are You Afraid of the Dark, I've only learned it since kind of researching, but each member of the Midnight Society had like a common theme. Hmm. So actually Betty Ann's stories were usually usually like supernatural so that it was like ghosts and zombies and other characters like trying to break into our world or trying to drag the main character into their own world huh. apparently yeah which is kind of cool and so and all of her stories tend to have pretty ambiguous endings where like the evil either gets away manages to escape or then it's hinted to return so kind of cool like any good ghost story right that's great so uh, uh do you have a breakdown of all of the characters in their little i don't have it here but i can we can i we i figure we can just say it as we as we move into that's cool i didn't i didn't realize that but i, I imagine that made assigning stories much easier yeah and from what i read they don't continue that in the other iterations like the other seasons of are you afraid of the dark as the midnight society changes huh. they actually don't continue that so that's kind of so it's wild. just the original right 
just these interesting guys. yeah but i thought it was kind of cool so i wanted to mention it um yeah yeah that's awesome and i never kn- knew it so i, thought I didn't I know that either really new and speaking of learning things oh yeah <laughs> so for a second you know like i said kristen's afraid of clowns so they start to taunt her and i think what's his name that you like eric yeah blonde kid midnight society yeah your favorite he's like oh she has bozophobia Bozophobia. and i was like i don't think that's right and so I looked it up to make sure, and sure enough, that is not correct. Um, Urban Dictionary does recognize bozophobia, but the actual term for being afraid of clowns or fear of clowns is coulrophobia. Okay. C O U L R O phobia. So Love yeah, it. that is uh, interesting to me. Uh, so if you need a fun fact to whip out and impress <laughs> any grammar nerds that you know, particularly maybe at a Halloween party, or if you're like planning to mansplain something later, but I really mm. hope that you don't. That's a good good fact. Uh, actually. Know. Actually, it's coulrophobia. You bozo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be good. Yeah. So yeah, so then... Uh, our bozophobic friend, Kristen, she's like, okay, I'll I'll listen to the story. And uh, the audience is whisked back to the amusement park well, playland. I have one thought. Oh, yeah. Oh, tell me your thought. There was another, another first in kind of figuring out, I guess, the structure of the show. But there was a false start. Like in, in the other uh, episode, the pilot where we kind of open on a on a storytelling, it's not the story being told for our episode. This is... Mm-hmm. Betty Ann was beginning to tell her story before oh, she threw the midnight dust. So mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Gary has oh. to hand it, he hands her the bag and he goes, "Start for real this time." So it, it you That's can kind of so see true. where like they sat down and we talked before about her specifically. I feel like she's so different at the Midnight Society versus who she is in real life. So I feel like she got there. She was so excited, so pumped. Yeah, she just couldn't wait. And she sits down and they're like, cool, well, who's going? She's like, I am. Get ready. Here's the fair. Here's the carnival. Here's all this <laughs> stuff. And they're like, whoa, 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 hold on. You know? And then he's There's like, There's some ceremony here. Yeah, start over. You got to do it right. So I thought that tracked for her character. Yeah. And then they're also doing it for the audience to say there is structure. Like we've created this exactly. narrative. We want you to understand what we're doing. So it eased us in. Yeah. And she was the right person to do that, I think. Part of driving home that idea that like, no, this is ritualistic. This is how we do things. Right. And it's, right. it makes you feel like you're included yes. in this in this like society. Mm-hmm. So learning yeah, their I rules like and regulations. So, yeah, right. Pretty cool. So that we can all have our own midnight societies, oh, and we can all we do. do we it, have. You know, I have my whole life. I've wished, and, and this is wanted. ours. I this mean, is ours, we've had one for, for sure. what six years now. Yeah, you and me, at least. Yeah, we're always telling them scary stories. Always. Yeah, so then we jump back into Playland, and there's like this breeze blowing the character's hair, and the neon lights, and the rides are like the fair has such a distinct feeling oh, to it. It really does. Like it is so specific. Don't all fairs have that? That nighttime, that kind of cool air. Yeah, you can feel the night. You can. That has always been true for me. And going to the fair, and our annual fair locally happens to come in like the autumn time. Yeah. Everyone's doesn't, but ours does. So it really. Yeah, that was you know. mind blowing for me to realize as an adult. I was like, you mean not all <laughs> fairs happen around Halloween? Yeah, some people go to the fair in the spring. It's crazy. It's mind blowing. Definitely. Well, we're going to say this one, this one happens around Halloween. Oh, I think so. So, yeah, we get that vibe, and then we hear, you know, this overlay of like a clown cackling in the distance. And then we meet our protagonist of the week. And I put it in my notes right here a punk ass kid named Josh. <laughs> And two of his friends, a little sister named Kathy and an older brother named Ouija. Ouija. That is just the weirdest name. Yes. And that's not the clown. <laughs> that's the kid's name. Hey, he's uh, kind of yeah. a clown. <laughs> I feel like it feels very 90s, so I was okay with it. Ouija. W-E-E-G-E. You know, so uh, the board game is pronounced Ouija. Uh-huh. But like, you know, forever people called it a Ouija board. That's so true. But it's it's Ouija. I bet you that was a conversation. I did think so, of Ouija board the whole of time course. as I was, I was like, saying Ouija, like, but what is he calling this guy? And I like looked it up on uh, like IMDb <laughs> and it was like Ouija. Ouija. Anyway, so I was like, yeah, I was like, I wonder if that wasn't like, uh, I don't know, a reference a to nod. the the occult. I don't know. And speaking of Ouija and uh, his friend Josh, um, I have a note on, you know, the actors that play these yeah. these fine children, these fine folks. Fine children. Um, Josh is actually played by another Christian. Oh, really? <laughs> Christian Tessier. And he's still a working Canadian actor. And very interesting point about him. He got his start on the Canadian sketch comedy show called You Can't Do That on Television. Oh, 
And if you've seen the orange, yeah, if you've seen the orange years documentary, they talk a lot about you can't do that on television and how it kind of spurred Nickelodeon as a network into what it is. It sort of formed their style, the culture of Nickelodeon. It sort of basically formed and structured all of it. Yeah, it really built that idea of what Nickelodeon is and that kind of irreverent. Yeah. I I, I thought that was amazing. I was like, oh my gosh, that is that kid. God bless it. Um, So yeah, he started on that show. He also appeared on Goosebumps and Mm -hmm. Battlestar Galactica and several episodes of Wayward Pines and Bates Motel. So he's just doing all this stuff. Pretty cool. And then he also returns to Are You Afraid of the Dark in 1994, and he plays another bully in The Tale of the Curious Camera. Really? Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Keep an eye out. And he was definitely the most storied cast member here. Um, Kathy is played by uh, Tamar Kozlov, and she was a voice actor on Arthur, as was mentioned a couple episodes ago. Someone else did a voice role on Arthur. Yeah, it was Kiki. Yeah, okay, Kiki does. This girl did as well, and she actually voiced the character Prunella. You know, that checks out. Uh, Ouija. Ouija's played by Daniel Finestone. And strangely, like his only other film credits included additional crew for a recent series about Chernobyl, which you may have heard of. You mean HBO's Chernobyl? Mm-hmm. Mm. But it just had additional crew. It didn't say what he did. And then also titanic what yeah back in the episode so the the three kids josh kathy and ouija so they've left a roller coaster and they're teasing kathy about barfing on her Mm. and then they arrive in front of this spook house this fun house where kathy and ouija they're both like sketched out and then kathy's like no it's really haunted like of course she would know she's like a nine-year-old or something like she has this information in her brain yeah um and then ouija's like very reasonable and he's agreeing he's like yeah i've heard stories man like it's pretty scary i don't want to go inside and of course this prompts the classic childhood taunt of clucking chicken noises. Yeah. So here's our count. Uh, clucking chicken noises. And then he's, you know, acting like a chicken and acting like a little punk ass. Give us your best chicken cluck. Me? Yeah. Oh, uh, bark, 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 bark. <laughs> yes. It has to be very taunting and like <laughs> sassy. <laughs> yeah. Bark, bark. I always think of Marty McFly and Back to the Future. Oh, God. The best. Uh, so yeah, he bumps into this carny and this guy's in a creepy like striped suit and he's acting all in their face. And mm-hmm. it's actually Aaron Tager again, Same who guy. played Dr. Vink in the last episode. So he's back to play this uh, carny. He was genuinely creepy in this episode. Yeah, he's pretty he's, weird. As a carny, he is scary. His teeth are all jacked. You don't want to run into him. Yeah, you don't want to run into him at all. I was like really impressed with his performance. Um, and so he tells the kids he's like, Zebo is, is inside and... There's this clown laughter that's, you know, kind of punctuating as he's speaking. And then he says, Pick the right door and you go free. Pick the wrong door and there he'll be. And then he encourages Josh to go inside. And then Josh wimps out like the punk ass that he is. And then, I mean, well, he decides to come back another time. That's all. Um, He doesn't go in at the time that we Mm -hmm. meet this carny. So then the next day, I guess, we join the kids uh, at their house and they're researching this attraction. And they found uh, this newspaper that talks about this incident that occurred back in the 20s. So back in 1924, this is Kathy and Ouija. They're reading about it. They say that a circus set up shop near Playland and there was this clown uh, from that circus who just nicotine addicted man always smoking chain smoking (laughs) smoking cigars smoking cigars and he makes off with the payroll for the circus which was four thousand dollars at the time yeah he fled with the money and the cigar he fled into the spook house and then while he was trying to hide from the cops he like you know trashed a cigar and it ended up you know the place burned down with him inside so josh Mm -hmm. which gives (laughs) us this moment Smoking's bad for your health, <laughs> yeah. which I thought was great. <laughs> I appreciate Say that, no to uh, smoking, kids. Don't smoke yeah. cigars, boys and girls. They had to insert that. I loved it. I thought it was so great. I, I was my, my note here was, you worked at a fair. Is $4,000, is yeah. that a lot of money? Well, I'll tell you, actually. I thought you might know. I do know. Uh, I looked it up just to account for inflation. So in 1924, the payroll of $4,000, it would have been worth $37,200 okay. in 1992 when the episode mm. aired. So that for inflation, it would be more, worth more than $62,000 today. Wow. So, yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> and probably pretty close to accurate. Uh, that's, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So he he took off. So the little sister's reaction to being like, whoa. 
It's like they just yeah. understood inflation back there. It's like, oh, I, hmm, yeah, they just like so absorbed and they understand that today that would be so much money. But I think even to like a nine year old, $4,000 to, to $4, them though. sounds like a lot to me at, at like, their age. It's a lot now. I mean, I would happily take four grand. I wouldn't sneeze at that. Yeah. So after Josh gives us, you know, the, the PSA that smoking is bad for our health, um, they they keep reading the story and they say that a couple years later, I guess with no regard to the tragedy of this man dying, uh, they built a new Laughing in the Dark Spook house, just the same fun house on the same spot. Yeah. And they included this time a dummy of the dead clown thief man at the end of the maze. So irreverent. And of course, this, you know, the death, yeah, the death, the unsavory nature of doing something like that totally accepted the kids are just like yeah that makes sense that tracks and i also in the moment i'm like yes that tracks. and again that's pretty dark that's pretty dark that's right why there. we're doing this is because there's just these moments of total like macabre like just unthinkable why would you ever rebuild it and you know mock the death of this man i know it's wild everybody's cool with it that is not how you just like create a ghost and like a haunting that is not how you do nah, it Nah, man i mean come on apparently it is because legend has it that the ghost of zebo the clown was trapped in the new spook house and it, mm. he's haunting it for all time i love the haunting it for all time you know the very dramatic it's very dramatic it's always He's always watching Wazowski. Oh, no. Cease and desist. <laughs> so then, you know, Josh keeps being his bully self, and he mocks Ouija and Kathy for believing the legend. And then, like, he awkwardly tries to tickle Kathy. Yeah, I hated like, that. Like, he's just like, oh, ha, 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 and tries to, to tickle her. These transitions. Yeah, it was just like they had to get him outside somehow, I guess. Um, but they, they run outside, and she runs out to the curb, and then she defends herself with the lid from a trash can, which makes sense. And then, of course, as if it's a cartoon, Josh then runs directly into the lid on the trash can. Yeah. That she's Boom. holding up like a, sh a shield. It's perfect. And she, she says, don't mess or I'll bung you in the head. <laughs> <laughs> is what she says. And in my mind, I'm like, well, you just did. Like, you ran into your trash can lid. Yeah, shield, like, okay. didn't you just do that? And this is when they start to say, you know, all the fun, like a lot of the insults pop out. The You guys are the Phoebes. The few yeah, people right. minded. <laughs> yes. Maybe Ouija call Ouija. Well, Ouija. Ouija. Maybe Ouija calls Josh a lame ball. Something. But of it's course, somewhere in there. Ouija is all angry and defensive about the tickling. And I get that. Like, yeah, bro, don't touch his sister. We like consent, you know, not cool. And um, <laughs> please don't tickle little girls or any <laughs> anybody. First yeah, of all, just don't, don't tickle anyone, especially not women or little girls. If you're wondering whether you should do that. Don't do that. Don't tickle me. <laughs> Please don't tickle me. I'll bung I, you in the head. We will bung you directly in the head. So, yeah. Rage is all mad and he dares Josh. He's like, oh, I dare you to enter the funhouse alone. Like, go in by yourself. And Josh is like this one-upping little punk-ass little kid. And he's like, okay, I'll I, not only will I go in, I'll go in and I'll steal Zebo's nose to prove that I made it to the end. And then- Raising those stakes. Like, my first thought- having only a, a little bit of experience with theme parks and attractions of like that kind of nature is that there's always a distinct entrance and exit to these things. Yeah. So if he comes out the exit, like he went through, like he's not going to be able to just, yeah. like, I don't know why he needs to prove that he went through. Like this is a one way in one way out kind of scenario. Because if he didn't, there wouldn't be a story. Kaylin. I guess. I guess we needed the story. We needed the, the clown's nose, but like, come on. Unnecessary. Yeah. That's always my, my first thought, too, is like the logic. I'm like, yeah, you go in one way, you come out the other. You don't come out the entrance. Yeah, that's not going to happen. And they, but I think they even say in this moment, she's like, well, how do we know you're not just hanging out inside, just inside? I'm like, because he's going to come out the exit. Right. <laughs> anyway, so speaking of the red nose, I did make a funny note because as I was researching for this episode, I was getting a ton of ads, like targeted ads for Red Nose Day, like the campaign <laughs> for ending child like children's hunger, child poverty and hunger. Yeah. I was getting all kinds of ads for it, but I never searched anything about Zebo's nose specifically. Really? So I just wanted to be like, good on you, like SEO gods and magicians, like a job because it worked somehow. Um, that's crazy. Oh, that was pretty funny. I don't know if I like that or hate that. I know. I kind of, I kind of hated it in the moment. I was like, "Ugh, why do you know this?" Wild. Back in Playland, uh, Josh is like, you know, well, they they get back to the spook house, and 
uh, which is like, admit you're scared. And Josh is like, no, I won't. And so then he stomps into the fun house. Well, he he talks to the carny again. Oh, he does. Yes, that's true. Yeah. He talks to the carny first, first and then he goes Because Because that's inside. where he, he gives the line, the, the title line. It's the most fun in the park when you're laughing in the dark. It's so yes. good. He says that again at the end. I haven't noted yeah, that yet, yeah. but I do think it's funny. A very fun little little rhyming spooky dude. It's spooky. Uh, but yeah, he goes inside and there's all these, the same sorts of dummies and uh, and then like the classic, the mirrors, you know, that you see in all the fun houses. Yeah. Um, and with the lights and the sound effects and everything, I always think that's kind of fun. And then I really like the... Uh, <laughs> The animatronic dragon that pops out right into the walkway. With real there's like flame. full on pyro. Yeah. Yeah. There's everything. And I mean, I just, there's like absolutely zero way that, that would be possible. That's like so even in the 90s when people dangerous. are like, rub some dirt in it. Like, you'll be fine. Everything's okay. Break your neck and double dare. No one cares. But no, that, like, you can't just send flames into the walkway no. of a children's attraction. Actual uh, they flames. They do in this, which is funny. Actual flames. And that's walkway. Like, he walks past it. You know, there's, it's just wild, but a big point too, though, when he's looking through the funhouse mirrors, mm-hmm. and he's like, he sees himself all like stretched and elongated, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, oh look, I'm Zebo, ha ha ha. And yeah, <laughs> look at me, I'm Zebo, <laughs> Zebo, Zebo. <laughs> Hand over the dough. Where do you think I am? Some kind of clown? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think I am? Some kind of clown? And then. He the next mirror Zebo is behind the glass like it's oh true yes you, know, you do see and he, he repeats his spook. own line back to him and he's super mm-hmm. scary I mean that's the that's the first shot of real Zebo that's true the other Zebo is just like uh like a puppet but that's like actual Zebo the ghost what Zebo would have looked like and it's super spooky mm-hmm. I thought it was like pretty damn scary honestly unsettling to say the least yeah. <laughs> and then he keeps going, you know, stumbling around this maze uh, in his Doc Martens. They they had a really great shot of his, like, straight-up Doc Martin <laughs> boots, which was funny nice. to me. And no worse for where he ends up at the end. And he the first door that he chooses is the correct door. And these the applause and sound effects begin. And then he, like, remembers. He's like, oh, wait, I forgot. I am supposed to be uh, making good on a bet here. And so he goes to look for Zebo's door. And he finds Zebo and then takes his nose and then he taunts Zebo because he's a bully and that's what bullies do. He pats himself on the back a little bit and then he heads out the door. After he exits, of course, the audience sees this ominous light and smoke and then there's shadows moving around under Zebo's door. So he's coming for you, Joshy. Gonna come for your punk ass. So once he exits, then we cut back to Josh and he's laughing and, you know, we just getting fed up with Josh's jokes and like incessant, just taunting and nagging. And so he throws the nose away. I mean, we all knew the kid that like didn't know when to quit. Oh yeah. And just like plowed through a joke until it was just way too much and everybody's annoyed with you. And that's kind of the moment that we have with Josh where it just kind of reaches a boiling point and nobody's having fun anymore. We knew that kid and hated that kid. Yes. And so Ouija throws the nose and Josh goes and gets it and Josh decides to go home. You know, and then we, as the audience, see some cigar smoke and we hear that evil like laugh behind the house. It's a great laugh. <laughs> Just ominous and ever-present in the episode. Very spoopy. So back at Josh's house, and I mean, this kid is like, what, 13, 14 years old. He gets home yeah. and all that's waiting for him is this note from his parents and a plate of spaghetti apparently in the freezer. Gotta love the 90s. And it's just like the latchkey kid in the 90s yeah. like with not a care in the world like we're going to do fun we'll things. We'll be gone dinner all thing. night. We'll be gone. Yeah. Don't get in any trouble. And I mean this is like the kid that would get into trouble so I'm not sure why yeah, I trust that's the him kid. to leave him alone. He turns his nose up at the spaghetti. I'm like spaghetti night's the best night. I don't know who it you is. think you are. It's well it's second best only to pizza night. I mean, it's also leftover though, or like pre, you know, maybe pre prepared. No, so, anything Italian is better leftover. It's better the next time. I guess that's true. Pizza's better the next day. Always. Yeah. But do you know what wasn't better for me in this moment? In this, <laughs> a few guesses. Well, yeah. So he goes to microwave the spaghetti. So he puts that in the microwave. And then he immediately goes for this like giant, like punch bowl sized <laughs> bowl yeah. of chocolate pudding. Everybody's favorite after school chocolate pudding. Mm. But the thing about the chocolate pudding that was very off-putting to me is that it was uncovered in the fridge. (laughs) Just sitting in the fridge 
a, in a giant punch just bowl. Just sitting there collecting all just kinds of there. flavors and smells. Ew. Oh, I can't my, even think about my it. My thing is I've never just like taken something out like food wise and just like stuck my fingers in it and just been like, I'm just going to like no. lick this real quick. And that's the other thing is that he, why, like, why is the bowl? No, I have my, okay. Here's my questions about this Ooh, moment. All right, here we go. Why is the bowl so big? <laughs> why did they make such a giant bowl of chocolate pudding? First of all. <laughs> Second, why is it uncovered? They didn't have enough saran wrap to cover it or tinfoil. There wasn't enough in the house because it was such a big bowl. Like maybe. No, no, no. no. It was but, the 90s. Everybody had big giant bowls and saran wrap. Hmm, I just don't understand why it was uncovered. I thought about it for days afterward when I watched That's this. That's funny. Uncovered chocolate pudding. And then immediately he just digs in with his hand. Ugh. And not just a little bit on his fingers. Like he takes a handful of pudding and starts to lick it. Ugh. But I guess it's because of the next moment they had to set us up for it. He gets spooked because he hears footsteps. So he drops this giant bowl of pudding um, that, all that over part the floor. That bothers me. Yeah, it's all over the floor now. All over the floor. It's Kevin's chili on the office. Oh, God. Except chocolate pudding. Ugh. So it's, it's all over the floor. But he's spooked because he thinks he heard footsteps, right? Yeah. So he's like, he's trying to be all still. You know, it's this idea that he even has to be this tough guy while he's by himself. So he's hollering out. And he's like, show yourself or you're going to get beaned. <laughs> And he gets the baseball bat. Another baseball reference. Another base more baseball. More baseball. The nineties and baseball. America's favorite pastime. <laughs> He's digging through, you know, the closet. He opens the door. There's nothing there. He's like, okay. He's trying to get a grip. The phone rings and he answers the phone and it's Ouija. And Ouija's like being the golden hearted child that he is. And he's like, I'm sorry that I was, you know, being a baby about the bet. Like you won fair and square. You brought the nose back. I should have worn it. That wasn't fair. And basically apologizes. About that. And then he agrees to wear the nose to school the next day. Well, he doesn't really. He, he, he tries to get out of it. He says, oh, he I, was like, I hope to I was going to like it. apologize and ask you to forget about it. And he's like, you're dreaming, pal. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, there's no way. God, I hate this kid so much. The worst. So, yeah, he doesn't uh, get out of it. He has to wear the nose to school tomorrow. Like, I can't imagine the horror of having to wear a red nose to school in the 90s junior high. Like, no, so sad for I wouldn't him. Have. They, <laughs> I don't think it would have bothered me that much, to be honest. But to I had wear cool a big red nose to your homeschool? Yeah. Of course not. It's homeschool. Oh my God. Don't even start. <laughs> I, I was homeschooled, but we had a co-op. I had normal labs and classes and gym <laughs> and drama and all that stuff. There were definitely kids there that weren't the nicest, but I don't would I don't think I would have cared what they thought if I was wearing a red nose. Like it's my business, you know. Like <laughs> I yeah. I had my fun on the weekend. This is my punishment. I have to wear this nose. <laughs> You know, whatever. Like I, I lost. I just bet. wouldn't. I wouldn't care that much. But anyway, they hang up the phone, and then actually, Josh gets another phone call. Mm -hmm. And this time, uh, on the other end of the phone, there's this ominous voice, and it's just saying, "Give it back. Give it back." Yeah, it's kind of a common theme in pop culture horror, like horror pop culture. The phone call. Well, not just phone calls, but like um, taking an item or an object from mm -hmm. something that then wants it back. You have to return it. Yes. Yeah. To its right. What folder. came to mind for me was Alvin Schwartz's the big toe mm. um, from uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Mm -hmm. There are others. And I think there's another one he tells in his collection of stories, but that's the main one that I know of. And it's basically like, you know, this kid's out gardening, they're messing in the field and there's this toe. And so he takes the toe home, ends up being cooked in for, you know, dinner and it's like eaten. Yeah. And then the the owner, the corpse, the spirit of the person who, who the toe belongs to comes back at night and is like, give me back my toe. That, yeah. And that's even worse because it's like, you can't really give it back. At that point, yeah. you Like something's now happened. Yeah, you've eaten it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so gross. But well, I don't plan to eat any toes. But I don't plan to eat clown noses. I don't. Yeah, I don't plan to eat clown noses either. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so this voice on the phone is saying, "Give it back." And then he he's like, "Oh, it's a prank call." Like Ouija's trying to prank him, and he goes to get his spaghetti for dinner from the microwave. I timed that. And hmm? I timed the microwave. Oh, did you? Was yeah. it? Was it real time? It cooked for two minutes and 27 seconds. Wow. I like that you timed it. So I'm thinking, you know, you could feasibly say that it was like he said it for like two and a half minutes and then mm -hmm. we lost three seconds somewhere in there. I mean, three seconds isn't much to lose. That was pretty realistic. I'll give it to him. That's tough to do. I'll say three. Yeah. Two and a half minutes for sure. They, they timed it out. I like that. 
So hopefully going to eat his spaghetti dinner and probably eat his chocolate pudding off the floor like a 13 or 14 year old kid would, I guess. With his fingers. With his fingers. And uh, But when he goes back, he sees that the dish is smoking and he says that it smells like cigars. He guessed it. So he opens the pot. I I personally was just glad to see that something in the refrigerator was covered. I was like, (laughs) they're civilized to some degree. They covered the spaghetti. But anyway, he opens it and inside the dish is just all these burnt cigars. This bothered me way more than the dish being uncovered. The cigars? The thought of like microwaving cigars for two and a half minutes. Yeah. Bothered me. I was like, that would smell so yeah. god There's awful. There's no Yeah, I would hate that. It, I don't know. I Something about that it. bothered me. I don't know what that what that is. Ugh. The texture. Just the headache the, that you would that, imagine. Oh yeah. Yeah. Me yeah. and nicotine don't really we're not really like great friends, me and nicotine, but mm-hmm. man. I've never consumed any, but if I did, I know it would turn out poorly for me. Yeah. Ugh. Um we then see this footprint in the spilled pudding, and there's this like Zorro Z <laughs> in the pudding. So, oh no, Zippo's been there. It's so Pennywise, like the clown, like it's so yeah, because it he he would throw these like clownish gags into a lot of his moments. That like mm-hmm. it's just Stephen King being perfect, throwing in all these old like references and jokes and stuff, and like being super I don't know weirdly campy and haha, on the nose on the clown nose. <laughs> Just like very <laughs> clowny. It was like, you know, it's it's like half a birthday party clown, half like literally going to kill you and eat you. Which is a weird combo. It's hard line to walk. And they definitely walk it yeah. here. But he, he sees the Z and he's freaked out and he runs up to his room and he calls Ouija and he's like, are you pranking me? Like, you're pranking me, aren't you? You know, Ouija's like hearing that he's genuinely afraid and then Josh admits that he's scared. And he's like, he wants to know if it's Ouija, this prank calling him to teach him a lesson. And then my favorite moment in the the episode, uh-huh. uh, there's this scratching on the line. Click click. You know, there's this '90s tech moment where it's like we all know what that means. Oh, like they're yeah. scratching on the line, someone else has picked up, and uh, Josh is like, "Kathy, put down the phone." And then <laughs> we get the line from Ouija where he says, "We only have one phone, Josh. <laughs> That's got to be coming from your house. <laughs> it's coming from inside the house. It's coming from inside the house." Which, yeah, great moment. And I have a note here, like obviously that reminds me of when a stranger calls. The whole concept, of course, of you know, it's coming from in the house. That old school urban legend. Yeah. Yes. So I researched that <laughs> because mm-hmm. it has always fascinated me and terrified me as well. Yeah. Just the thought of that. You know, and as I was babysitting as like a kid when I was younger, it was always just the worst thing I could imagine. But the the movie that we're referencing, When a Stranger Calls, the original film came out in 1979. It actually had a sequel in 1993, which I guess I knew, but I don't think I've seen the sequel. I have not. No. Um, and then it was redone, like like completely reimagined in, in 2006, which I've seen that version yeah, too. That's the one I saw. But the story itself of that, like it's coming from inside the house or someone's calling you, a stalker's calling you from inside the house. Uh, was actually based on an urban legend from the 60s. Mm-hmm. All the like babysitter scare. Yes. Like there are different variations on it. A lot of people call it the babysitter and the man upstairs. Oh, God. But as part of this legend, basically the babysitter receives continual calls from this, you know, man stalker. And in most of them, he's telling her to check the children, check the children, or breathing heavily, and you know he calls multiple times. Even I think Dawson's Creek did a play on this. Mm-hmm. The hash slinging slasher, the hash slinging <laughs> slasher, and the kid from uh, Hey Arnold when he's always like, oh, and yes, Brainy, isn't that his name or I something think, like that? I think God, it's I love brainy. Hey Arnold. Yeah, he's always behind Helga, and Helga just smacks him and breaks. That's his one glasses. of those tropes that's been done. Forever. It's one of those yes. classic the things. Breathing. The breathing on the phone. I mean, it's there's even a moment of that in the uh Zodiac film, David Fincher's film. Mm-hmm. It's happened in real life a whole bunch and it's happened in fiction a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. It's one of the scariest things. So scary. I like I, I live in fear of it, honestly. If anybody ever wanted to mess with me, and please, please, God, do not do it. But that would be a way to So get her me, number like, is instantly. <laughs> <laughs> so so two. Uh, <laughs> two. <laughs> There are a lot of like variations on the story, 
Um, I should probably stop laughing because a lot of this is really dark. No, it, it is. It's very dark stuff, but we have to laugh about it because that's how we can sleep at night. It's true. Otherwise, I never would, I don't think. No, we have to make jokes about there it. There are some like less gruesome versions of it, and there's actually a version of it that involves a clown. Really? Most of the typical endings are, you know, the girl calling the police, and then they trace the call to the house where she's babysitting, and then they mm. have her evacuate the house in most of the iterations. Police come and find that the children have been killed. Yeah. And that the scary stories to tell in the dark did it. A bunch of series and films have adapted this legend. But Wikipedia, so take a, you know, yeah. how, how you wish, but Wikipedia believes that the legend comes from this uh, murder in 1950, mm-hmm. where a 13 year old babysitter named Janet Christman was murdered in Columbia, Missouri. Mm. And in that instance, thank God, she was babysitting a little three year old boy and the little boy was unharmed. But I looked this up and I found this uh, very detailed thread on Reddit, r slash Unsolved Mysteries, a subreddit. And on this thread, they talk about Janet's murder, uh, assault and murder, and then similar attacks that were spurred after that. Yeah. And then they talk about the attacker and it's 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 wild. But basically, like he he was calling while he knew that she would be alone and, you know, came in and got her. And then the parents had called and she didn't answer. They figured she was asleep. And then they came back and found her, you know, assaulted and, and dead. Yeah. Really twisted. I have heard that story on, on some podcast or another. Man. It is one of the most horrifying things and sticks with you. If you're interested in reading it, like I highly recommend that thread because he goes into details about the attacker and who they think committed the murder. And he was never apprehended yeah. because there were a lot of mistakes in the investigation, but there was a lot of circumstantial evidence to point to the fact that it would have been him. Yeah. And he actually just passed away in 2006 at 83 years old. Really? So, mm-hmm. Never confessed, nothing. Never confessed and was never apprehended. But Wild. every every bit of circumstantial evidence leads to him. So like he, he knew that she was going to be home alone. Yeah. He'd been talking to her in the week prior. He wanted her to babysit. He called her to babysit his kid and she said, no, she had to babysit at this other house, which is how he knew she was there. Did he have actual kids or was that like a ploy? He did. Okay. Wow. God. Mm-hmm. It was like another family that lived in the town. Yeah. He had kids. Yeah. Wild. Don't tell anybody anything about your life ever. Never. Don't give Just, them any personal information. No specific mm-mm. details. Yeah. You never know what might happen. But that the whole inside the house thing is just insane to me. It's wild. So that was a fun tangent. Not fun at all, but interesting tangent that I went on. <laughs> it's educational. It was educational. educational. And informative. Informative. That's what it was. Yes. So mm-hmm. back in the fictional story, uh, this clown presumably is on the phone, an ominous voice, and the line crackles, and then um, he says, If you don't give it back, I'll come up and get it. If you don't give it back, I'll come up and get it. Ah. Basically informing him he's in the house, and that's very much like you moment where I'm like, please, no, don't like that. Ugh. So Josh immediately locks his door, and then he sees this purple balloon blow up under the door. Pretty cool gag. Yeah, I was going to say it was a really good gag. I'm impressed with it. Yeah, I mean, even killer clowns have to have some clown tricks. Yeah, I wonder what kind of balloon animals he can make. (laughs) But they had to blow this balloon up under the door, tie off the balloon Mm -hmm. before they could release the balloon, Mm -hmm. and tie a string to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I watched it like four or five times right in a row, yeah. trying to see if I could see like a, a noticeable cut, anything that they like put together. Mm-hmm. I think it was all done in one fluid motion. Yeah, practical But effect. I don't know how they did it. Me neither. Still got some tricks. Some 90s tricks. horror. You still got it. You still got it. Uh, but on that balloon, I neglected to mention that it says, give it back. Like someone has written in marker, give it back on yeah. the balloon. And that's a classic Pennywise the Clown, not to keep referencing mm-hmm. Pennywise, but there are, you can find an entire threads on Reddit about all the things that Pennywise wrote on balloons or even drawings he drew on balloons Ooh. to yeah. send to the Losers Club or, you know, just read the novel It by Stephen King. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's one of the best novels I've ever read. But. <laughs> so Josh, Josh the Mighty Bully immediately hightails out the window and he scales the roof and he runs off into the night. The next time we see him, he's running into like a seemingly closed, I guess, Playland theme park. And he's also holding this brown paper bag that he absolutely was not holding when he went out the window. Yeah. So I'm like, where'd you get that? Like, where'd that come from? Where'd you go? I don't understand. You were not holding that a second ago. But presumably he's gone somewhere between his house and Playland. Yeah. 
uh, Josh then goes back into this funhouse. And I don't know about you, but the Hall of Doors reminded me vaguely of Discovery Zone, which is a repressed memory yeah. that every like 90s child carries. This uh-huh. rainbow, like playland type of, mm-hmm. you know, tunnels and ball pits and all that stuff. And it's just this colorful, all these colorful doors and you pick one. Super Very colorful. Very Discovery Zone. Yeah. But he, he's back in this hall at the end of the maze. I'm just grateful that they turned off the pyro and everybody left because you never know what might happen in that fun house. Yeah. Like, that's scary. But I did appreciate that the there was still smoke coming out of the dragon's nostrils. Mm-hmm. Like threatening at any point. He it could. was, yeah, it was like, this is a ticking time bomb. And if you're not careful. And I mean, I'm scared of that, you know, yeah. I'm, that's scary. I don't want my flesh to be burned off. Like fire is a terrifying thing. Nah, I like my, my flesh unsinged. <laughs> so... He's in this hall of doors and he opens Zebo's door and he is like sincerely apologizing to Zebo and he gives him his nose back. And then this minor child mm-hmm. then just offers him casually a humidor of cigars. An enormous, yeah. giant box of cigars. Where did you get I mean, that, that's what's in the bag, right? Yeah, that's so what's he, in the bag. So he presumably stopped by the store right. on the way to the carnival and but purchased- who sold, who sold that to him is what I want to know. Right. And how did he afford it? <laughs> really good questions. None of which I have answers to. I don't so. have any answers to any of those. Definitely things. threw me off though. I was like, dude- where did you get this? How do you have this? And there was no smoking warning on the... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like now there's like mild smoke. Yeah, they didn't reference. put a disclaimer on the screen or anything. Yeah. So Josh then exits the hall to the applause, which I guess they didn't turn off after they closed. So we still get the applause sound effects and everything as he leaves <laughs> the funhouse. And then we're outside with this scary Dapper Dan guy and he's smoking a cigar, which... Ooh, He's Smoke smoking a cigar. a cigar. Like, is he Zebo? Oh my God. What does it mean? And then he sends us off with that that classic rhyme where he says, it's the most fun in the park when you're laughing in the dark. And I tried really hard not to make a joke in my notes about the innuendo of that. So I just wrote that I tried to not lean into the innuendo. Can you literally. explain um, the innuendo? No. So Zebo's a pedophile? I mean, I'm not saying that, but I wouldn't be shocked. He wouldn't be the first clown that's actually a pedophile Mm-mm. or a child murderer. Yikes. That's one of the things is like the uh, the insinuation of a lot of these old horrors like that. These are still adult humans that are on the prowl mm-hmm. for children. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, as kids, you understand that you're like, yeah, I am constantly in danger, stranger danger. Yes. But then all these stories have to represent some like adult figure that like could potentially be um, a figure of safety and they're not mm-hmm. and quite the opposite yeah, they're the actually out, out to get you which is so so dark <laughs> it's the absolute worst when you realize that what should be the safe place is in fact the right. and i'm sure we don't have to tell you that anybody that's listening <laughs> like it's it's unsettling and awful and yeah my heart goes out to anybody that has to deal with that sort of horror of the safe place not being safe absolutely but so my yeah. my big question is um when he got home back to his house did he find his like big dish full of spaghetti or was it full of cigars mm, that is a good question is there still a z in the pudding it might reset kind of like uh, the twisted claw yeah do you think his pudding is still in the fridge uncovered i hope that he didn't put it back in the fridge uncovered i mean there may or may not still be any pudding in the bowl we really don't know the state of the bowl we right. never see the bowl again we only see the splash of pudding on the floor, no so. idea. No idea. <laughs> but we do cut back to the Midnight Society, and Frank uh, starts asking. He's like, "Oh, that must have been the old guy, right? That must have been him. That must have been Zebo." Yeah, the carny. The kids are kind of arguing about the theories of, of what could have happened, and they're like, "Oh, he couldn't have done the stuff in the house." And then they're, I think Gary is like, "Maybe that guy was Zebo's." Or no, no, no. Does is that? I can't remember. Gary says something to the effect of, "Maybe that guy was Zebo's ghost." Yeah. As they're kind of discussing the theories, they also start to taunt Kristen again because she's chorophobic, and apparently that's just the worst thing you can be in this circle <laughs> yeah because eric just had like a mask ready to go right like where was yeah that? so kristen she's like proud of herself for sticking it out and she made it through the scary thing that's scary to her yeah and then they go and ruin that and he jumps out at her in the clown mask yeah did he know that there would be a story about clowns like i this, yeah this, who knows do they do they i mean are they emailing each other before <laughs> probably not email 
but they they probably had so either um i don't know either that implies that eric knows betty ann in real life and she mentioned mm-hmm. it was going to be a clown story when she saw him True. In maybe they go to school to well they, it, gary says they all go to different schools different schools had different friends so maybe they yeah. saw each other at the like the circle k <laughs> Maybe. Or something. They just were just like, hey, you know, do we acknowledge each other? Like the members of Fight Club, they're just like sort of look at each other and kind of go, huh. That's a great question. They just nod and keep going. Do the members of the Midnight Society acknowledge each other in real life when they see each other? Or do they just knowingly like give a little, you know, smirk and hmm. continue? I don't know. We'll have to find out to track that and see. We should. But, or the other idea is that he just, Eric always has a clown mask in his like Sure. And I mean, that's believable as well. That kid? That's absolutely believable. You never know what you're going to get with that kid. I believe he would. Yeah. He, you never know when that would come in handy. He's the kind of kid that keeps like uh, the little shock, like handshake shocker. Yes, he keeps yeah. that. He's got he's got like a whoopee cushion. I was that kid. I had that thing. Yeah, man. He's set. He's ready to go. He's ready to prank anybody <laughs> and make fun of somebody for sure at any moment. Also, a clown mask. So the, the episode ends. They all run away to spook Kristen. Kristen runs from the ever prepared Eric in his clown mask. And then this is actually the only time, like, Gary puts out the campfire, and it's the only time that Gary says something other than, I declare this mm-hmm. meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Um, all he says in this episode is, he just says, meeting adjourned, and he runs off into the night. Interesting. Yeah, that's the tale of laughing in the dark. Yeah. Um, I do have a couple additional, like, trivia things that I that I found on online about the episode. Um, one of which is that this is also the only episode that has more than one break in the story. Like normally the story is being told yeah. and you jump out one time to hear from the Midnight Society and you jump back in. But excluding that interruption at the beginning when Betty Ann, you know, does the dust and yeah. and uses, uses the dust and calls in the, the story, there were two breaks. One at like yeah. five minutes through and then another at the halfway point when they're just teasing Kristen. So kind of crazy. Hmm, that's true. Mm-hmm. They did harken back a couple of times. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Very fun. And then uh, apparently the roller coaster that is seen in some of the scenes that are introducing Playland is located at the La Ronde Park in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Oh, nice. And so it's apparently still there, but it, the paint was changed from white to like a blue. We should go. I would love to go. Count me in. Mm. I'm ready. I got friends in Canada. We can do this. We'll do a big tour of Canada. That'd be so fun. Ooh, we could do like an Are You Afraid of the Dark tour. Oh, that would be amazing. See these like location, filming locations. <laughs> be awesome. That'd be really, really cool. I wonder if there are other, we'll have to keep track of that and see if there are yeah. any other like on location type shoots in Canada. Yeah, for sure. Because I feel like a lot of them are just like at random houses and farms and houses and like the studio basically studios yeah yeah Yeah. awesome so some final thoughts i guess on the episode uh i love like the friday night at the fair Mm. idea and nostalgia that entire concept just puts me in the right place i'm very happy so good about that anything that has like that glow of the midway and the funhouse and the arcade and whatever it is the neon like i love that like retro feeling yeah i'm just like rose colored glasses i don't care how creepy this is on the backside like i enjoy this <laughs> as a person yeah grease and stranger things and all the things that i love mm-hmm. or many of the things that i love are- i like it because it's creepy it has that edge of like danger yeah and that might be why i like it so much is that there's this very pleasant like exciting mm-hmm. experience but there is that like clear edge and i like things that are that are edgy too yeah you know you you always want to pretend like the sinister parts don't exist but obviously they do and then like the urban legend in the middle of the story of this episode where they talk about the clown you know man that plays a clown dying in a fire and whatever like that's pretty dark um as we mentioned (laughs) and they didn't water it down they didn't water it down at all it was very much just this is what happened and they tell the children in the story and also us as children not afraid to mention death and cigars and thievery and like Mm -hmm. not arson but kind of (laughs) because he did burn down the the fun house so yeah it's a lot zebo stealing the money and running into the fun house and like dying there and all that I feel like somewhere along the way that was a revision and I can only hope that originally the idea would be that like he killed somebody. Oh or, yeah, like, harmed maybe somebody. Maybe this the was the watering down. This may have been the watering down version, right? And so cuz I'm mm-hmm. like cuz now why is it haunted if he was just like greedy and just like needed some money, maybe had a gambling problem or like whatever. It's like Hmm. Yeah, what was so bad about this guy? Like, yeah, okay, why was he so evil and dark? Besides just like stealing, like I don't know, sixty thousand dollars today. Like, you know, today's money, but like I, I, he was, he was very threatening to Josh. That idea of like, what would he have done? That's the thing. He's like, he's pretty luring in. Like, come inside and like 
come try your luck, mm-hmm. kid. It's just kind of like, yeah. hmm, what did you really do? Yeah. All in all, like, I don't want to have a ghost clown stalking me, haunting me, like, not into it. No, no, I'm against it. Don't need it in my life. Thoroughly against so. that. Mm. <laughs> so that's pretty spooky. Yeah, yeah. I'm spooked. And I <laughs> I have, like, a fun, like, fun house story. I may have told this to you before, okay. but related to when I worked at the event venue. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, it was that night, like one night after we'd closed, um, some of like the older employees of the event venue kind of took some of the newer employees out onto the midway. And of course, it's like totally shut down, like no lights anywhere. The moonlight is all that you have. And it was a little bit spooky. But the lights are the safety. Exactly. And Ooh. even like walking with a group, there were probably like 10 of us, um, even walking in that group, like the I will never forget seeing all these like attractions and like the things that would, are supposed to be fun and inviting. Like they look so different in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> Laughing in the dark. Like the whole the whole thing is a different vibe when it's just pitch dark and silent. It's very quiet. I don't think you were laughing. I was not laughing. Um, I did by the end, but I wasn't to begin with. <laughs> Super scary though in the dark. I have to say like I'm an adult human and I was an adult human at the time, but still something about that, like walking through there, my heart was just beating. Like I, you just don't know what to expect. It's very, very off-putting. Oof. But they have decided like the older employees, it's like a tradition, I guess. And some of them like to do this fun house in the dark so it's the same kind of thing that's pictured except it's more of just the maze with the, the mirrors and some like gags on the floor where you slip and slide and you're eventually like walking upstairs basically and you come out on the top level and you slide down like a tunnel slide to yeah, the bottom yeah. so they they want us new employees to go through the fun house so we do hazing <laughs> it's basically hazing and so we go in kind of one by one a little bit i didn't want to go in and i was kind of dragged through and it's I will never forget being in that fun house in the dark. The moonlight is the only light that you have, and it's like just barely bouncing in from the mirrors. So just the light from the mirror is a shining. <sighs> it's just absolutely terrifying because you. I just had that feeling like something's coming. I can't imagine how scary that would be. Um, it's I cannot pretty, imagine. Like, it's not an experience I feel like a lot of people get to have. It's probably not an experience I should have had. So <laughs> nobody was harmed in the making of this. But In the making of this memory. <laughs> yeah, in the making of this memory. It's been many years. But as we were leaving, um, so you, you go through and you kind of get up to the top. And what we didn't know <laughs> is that one of the previous employees had gone up the tunnel slide the back way uh, and was waiting uh, inside the tunnel slide to like scare us and like the first girl that went down i like her i i feel like it could have burst my eardrum she screamed (laughs) so loud because it was just like we we have you have all that adrenaline and the idea that something's coming something's coming yeah yeah, and in that instance it did and he like yelled and screwed you know scared us but (sighs) oh my gosh like it's something else if you ever get the opportunity to go through you know any of those types of attractions in the dark you should do it it was was pretty wild You'll be laughing with insanity. Glad that I have the experience, but man, yeah. it was it was crazy. Nice. So yeah. Anyway, what would you rate this on a scary, scary ometer of one to ten? Ten Ooh. being just wet your pants, scary. <laughs> I'm about to wet my <laughs> pants right now. Um <laughs> I don't know. I don't it didn't really do it for me. Like I like it. It's fun. I like the concept. I love a haunted uh fun house. Mm-hmm. I've written a story about one. You've read it. I have read it. You have written it. But uh, I think I'd give it like a four on the scary yeah? scale. Maybe even a three, but I probably probably like a four. Okay. Uh, for me, yeah, I gave it a five. Okay. Mostly because the idea of any type of stalker or killer, whether it's a clown or not, entering my house and then like calling me is just one of my worst nightmares. So yeah. that's where it gets the points for me. But the clown doesn't really. You get a text at 3 a.m. that says like, I can smell you. I would straight up just cease to exist. <laughs> there would be no more me. Cease to I exist. couldn't handle it. Spontaneously combust. Yes. That's me. Um, but yeah, I'm not really like worried that like the ghost of a thieving clown is going to come after me because I don't act like a punk ass and I don't steal clown noses. No punk ass. Yeah. Like these, these kids have that like uh, quintessential horror. You have to like earn your fear or your death. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, be a jerk or a punk or drink alcohol underage or like have sex, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. then you really like- You're now on the path to destruction. Yeah, it's like a, a beacon yeah. for the monster to come get you. It's like, hey, I'm over here. And now it knows yeah. and it's coming for and you. Yeah. The clock is ticking. Yeah, they, they're always asking for it or most of the time, but yeah. 
That's the tale of laughing in the dark. But all in all, it's a good episode. I did like this episode, and it is pretty popular. A lot of people online seem to say that Zebo sticks with them. Tell us if he sticks with you, please. Email us. Yeah, let us know. That's pretty dark podcast at Gmail. Tell us about your. Uh, let us know your experiences with clowns and fun houses and other like carnivals and such. Yeah, I would love to read anything like that. Very into it. Anything like that. Yep. And while you're at it, like subscribe to what we're doing <laughs> like what we're doing subscribe what we're Click doing the buttons. tell us what you want to hear about tell us how we're doing like what everybody else is doing and we should be unique and better yeah tell us that we're probably already thinking what you're thinking so just share yeah, it we, already, we well. already know we suck so just just tell us we suck and get it over <laughs> with then we can be friends you know and then we can be friends something like that yeah lame ball lame ball <laughs> Feeb. Anyway, cool. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next yeah, time. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on That's Pretty Dark. Okay, it's good. Bye. Bye. It's the most fun in the park when you're laughing in the dark. Thanks for listening to That's Pretty Dark, written and produced by Christian Baxter-Mott and Kaylin Andrews. Our music is composed by Jonathan Simmons, and our art is provided by Paige Garland at Power Girl Illustration. Join the collective nostalgia and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at That's Pretty Dark Podcast. Share your experiences and let us know what shows, films, or villains still haunt you from childhood at That's Pretty Dark Podcast at gmail.com. Remember... You're never really alone. So, until next time, sweet dreams, everyone.